Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here. Welcome to another Hero Call. This is Hero Call number 93. And we have the opportunity to interview Danielle Daniel from San Diego, living on the beach, living the life in San Diego. And Danielle's with doTERRA, and she's got an extraordinary story. And so let me start with the disclaimer. Got to have the disclaimer for all those people that think we're making unreasonable claims. So just in case, as a result of listening to Danielle's story, you think you might be able to do the same thing she's done, we're here to tell you, you can't. That we we only interview really extraordinary stories here on Bliss Business. And just because Danielle built this extraordinary business doesn't mean that you will Of course you can, but it doesn't mean you will. And we interview extraordinary success stories on Bliss Business Hero Calls, not to infer that you will accomplish what any of our heroes have accomplished, but to infer for sure that whatever it is you want to do, you have the ability to do. And of course, you got to learn from these people that have built extraordinary businesses, learn what they did and how they thought, what their attitudes were, what their philosophies were, their work ethic, their strategies, and then go create your own story, which is of course going to be different than theirs. So I'm excited, Danielle, uh, to hear all about how you've branded that extraordinary name, Danielle Daniel. Wow, got a good ring to it. You got to tell us how you branded it and tell us about your story um, building a business in doTERRA. So first of all, tell us like the piece of the story, who were you before doTERRA and how did you find doTERRA? Who introduced you? What did they say? Tell us that story. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Richard, for having me on these calls. Honestly, your podcasts have been very inspirational for me. I've listened to them throughout my four-year career. And I, and I have told my team, you have to listen to these. If you want to stay like in the game mentally, you need to listen to these. And so I, for me, it's an honor. I've always had it as a goal. I'm definitely going to be one of his speakers because I know Great. you really, you do a lot for the industry and I admire that. So thank you. Thank you. 
So, well, my story is I am a mental health practitioner, licensed psychotherapist. I have my master's in social work and doing my doctorate in clinical psychology. And so I was not looking, just like most people, for a network marketing career or even a career shift at all. I had a real strong, and I still have a strong identity in the mental health field. It's my passion. And so um, what I started doing was I started doing my doctorate because in my master's, I was at the top of my pay scale. I was making really good money and I of course wanted to be able to make some more and have a little bit more income to do more things with that because you know social work being at the top is not necessarily the best but it still was pretty good. So I thought well to make more money in my career what do I do? I got to do a doctorate. <laughs> so I started doing my doctorate and in the middle of somewhere in that line I learned that you get about $10 more an hour. I was like eh. but I was in. I love my doctorate studies so that's what I do. But the person that introduced me was my best friend, and she and I went to San Diego State together, Kirsten Kirschbaum. I think you know her. I do and, know her. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're awesome. And yes. so we live down by the beach together here in San Diego, and I always used oils. I grew up using essential oils. My mom's a total hippie mama, and we used them for 20 years plus. So when she started getting into um, doTERRA and inter saying, hey, have you tried these oils? I'm like, Man, I just wrote her off because... I already had a ton of oils and I'm like, I wasn't going to really buy more. And at one point I thought, okay, just to appease her because she was like, there's a good deal. blah blah. So I bought some of doTERRA's oils to appease her. And in that moment that I was buying them, she said to me, you know, you should do this business. It's a good business. And I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? I want to capture that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's real profound. Yeah. That's a real, <laughs> we should do a whole training course around. Uh, you should do this business. It's a good business. <laughs> good line, <Yeah>. Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And I did. I thought she was cuckoo. I was like, what? Like, she did her degree in business. Why is she doing this type of a business? I, I really did. I didn't know much about network marketing, but I did. I did. I had enough of an energy vibe thinking it was kind of kooky to do. And I just thought she was smarter than that, <laughs> which obviously she is. Mm -hmm. um, and so when she said that, it, it didn't, obviously I just wrote it off. I think I probably gave her a dirty look and rolled my eyes, but I ordered the oils and then I started using the oils. They went under my bed for a long time. I started using them probably six months later. Wow. And I needed some peppermint and I used it and I went, whoa, that's not the normal peppermint I'm used to. And it worked really well for me. So how did so she, that, she didn't follow up with you during that six months? Oh, she did. We talked all the time. The thing that I noticed about her be, is uh, we were always good friends, but she became a better friend. She just, it was like it, her, her personal development journey she was on. I mean, she was always a good friend, but she became a better friend to me and our friendship grew. And so in that time, she continued to tell me like, cause she'd moved by this time to Vegas and she said, I'm going to have a business in San Diego and I need a leader. I'd love it to be you, but if not, do you know anybody? And, and that kind of got me because I was like, Oh, well I'd want to be with you. I don't want my other somebody else to be, Brilliant. you know? So that got me, but I actually, I still wasn't ready. I'm, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm doing my doctorate. And I was like, I'm not going to go do an oil business. So then she said, well, introduce me to one of your friends. So I did. And the whole time, like total disclosure, you guys, I was jealous. <laughs> I introduced her to my friend and I was sitting there like, well, I want to do this, and, but I didn't want to. And then 
but there was one pivotal moment that actually, well, two things that happened. It was all a progression within about seven months um, till I started doing this in May, um, six years ago. And so one of the things is she invited me to an event and we know events are huge. She yep. said, they're going to talk about psychology and oils. You should just come I'm like, ah, whatever. I just want to hang out with her. She'd built enough of a, you know, very trusting and deep friendship and deeper that I drove up to LA, which, you know, us San Diegans do not like to drive to LA <laughs> right. and went to this event with her and I fell in love with the company. And that was like the first part. I wasn't in love with the network marketing yet, but I fell in love with the company. And then two weeks later, I was on a family trip and my brother-in-law is actually in network marketing as well. He's very successful in new skin. And I'd always seen him um, have this lifestyle with my sister and my, and, my, uh, and my nieces and nephews, just being able to live, you know, wherever they want, travel wherever they want, um, buy whatever home they want and be at home with their kids. And what happened was I'm sitting at this pool and this is at this private resort that his dad also built with network marketing money. It's called the Pirates Cove and, and Lake Mead. Who is your brother-in-law? Um, Derek Tillotson. Wow. So his dad, Craig Tillotson, and his mom, Sandy Craig. Tillotson. Yeah. So they had built this place called the Pirates Cove. We're sitting around this like resort that's just incredible. Multi-million dollar home. It's been on HGTV. Yeah. And yeah. my sister and I are at the pool watching the kiddos. And I see him step away for a phone call. And it was the simplest thing. He stepped away to make a business phone call talking about the business opportunity to somebody on the phone. And I'm listening with one ear and listening to my sister with the other and watching the kids. And I hear him just, and it wasn't anything particular he said other than just, you know, saying his rank in the company that this person, whoever he was talking to could do it. And I had a thought that came into my mind that was an immediate, like automatic thought that said, he's so lucky. And I, what was nice though, I was finally at a point of awareness that I went, oh my gosh, I think it's about luck that you have success. And so I, right then, I, I combated that thought and I said, I can do this. I'm doing a doctorate. I can do a network marketing business. And I called Kirsten. I'm like, get over here. And we enrolled like three or four of my aunts right then and there <laughs> with getting started. He was probably doing a three-way call. Yeah, he was. <laughs> That's yep. great. Yep. That's a wonderful connection. Okay. So that was six years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about your start. So how did you launch your business like the first 90 days? Mm -hmm. So the first 90 days, I remember, I mean, I was like ignorance on fire. I was so excited. And I remember texting Kirsten probably 10 times a day. And I was like, am I annoying you? She's like, no, I love it. And now I, now I get that. But at the time I was like, I'm being so annoying. But my mind was just racing with all these things I could do with it. And so she came in town. So that was in the end of May, kind of when I started, we enrolled, got my aunt started with oils and shakes. And, you know, we just did a whole bunch just at the Pirates Cove. And then she came into San Diego to teach my first class. I just invited all of my friends from, you know, that I've known for a long time in San Diego or church or school. And we had, there's about, we did, um, that class is about 12 people. All 12, you know, got started with oils then. And then we did another class a couple weeks later. She came in town again and did about the same thing, another 12 and all enrolled. So I did about the first 90 days. I first I had her come in town. And by the second month, I've like, uh, I've got this. And she's like, oh, 
I like coming to San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you just wrote me out of coming to San Diego. I'm like, you can come teach business. I was loving just teaching about the oils. And so I started teaching my own classes and just had people come and I did a class. I started doing a class a week. And so my first 90 days, I think, um, gosh, I gave you numbers. I probably enrolled, you know, 50 to 60 people. That's huge. Getting started. Yeah. And that all came from just doing a class a week. And so tell us about how did you promote your classes? Who did you call to come that 12 people came and they all signed up? So honestly, I wasn't on social media still at the time. I had just, you know, as a psychotherapist, I just had steer clear of social media. So I hadn't done that, but I worked at a high school, a really um, inner city school here that have kids with lots of trauma. And so there was a lot of staff and the staff there is very, very special. Everybody is not in it for the money. They are in it because they love working with these, um, these kiddos. So I had built like years of relationships with these staff that I worked with. So I would just spend my time instead of probably in my office, you know, looking at my emails, I spent it like in the mailroom and I I got guy started in the mailroom. He was like, you smell good. What is that? And so he pulled out his computer and we got him, you know, ordering. I went to the counselor's office and just listened to them and talked to them and then showed them how to use the oils and a diffuser for their kiddos. And, and then I had therapists in, um, in my entire office and I would just show them how to use oils and just talk with them. And just, I just, I just deepened my relationships. And then I had a really good friend in the athletic department who was the athletic director and um, on guard, or sorry, a, one of the products that helps with um, your, like your throat and soothing your throat, basically. Right. I introduced them to that and they just loved it. And they're all like coming over to my office, which was in the nurse, nurse's office. And we're like, hey, do you have some more of that stuff? And I'm like, well, you make me sound like I sell drugs. But <laughs> so I just started um, sharing about the whole campus and then inviting people. I'm teaching more in depth about it on Friday night if you want to come. That's kind of how I started. That's great. What a whirlwind. You're like an ace. You're one of those people that everybody's looking for. Great launch. Congratulations. Thank you. So like fast forward maybe um, the first year, what did your business look like after a year in terms of how many people were on your team and sales or anything like that? Okay. Um, first year in, so the thing that came up for me, I mean, I, one of my top strengths is just achiever. Like when I set my mind to something, I do it. However, I felt like I had a lot of blocks that, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this is why I feel it's important to be vulnerable and share. I still, I knew, like I knew I'm going to be at the top of the company, but I still had these self doubts. Like, why would I be worthy to do that? And And, you know, I grew up in an an abused home and I remember comparing myself a lot to Kirsten Well, she's, it's easier for her to be successful. So I had a lot of inner dialogue that I had to deal with the first year or two. And I mean, still I deal, but not as much like I used to. And it was like, well, she's got a husband, so it's going to be easier for her. She had a, a dad that was, you know, didn't abuse her. So it'll be easier for her, you know? And I just, I had this story, but I kept working, but it was like I was, it's like I was double timing, you know, working on the story and trying to work on my business. And so my first year, I, that's kind of what brings back to my memory is just really developing belief in myself. And, you know, honestly, Kirsten recommended the mock two with your hair on fire. And I listened to that over and over that you wrote just to help me get out of my own, like, 
belief about my story. Um, I, this is a kind of a side note. When I was a little girl, I got really bad grades in school. And I just believed it was just, I just got bad grades. And my mom brought home this cassette tape and it said, where there's a will, there's an A. And it was uh -huh. like, oh, I can get an A? <laughs> and so I worked my butt off and then got 4.0s pretty much after that. So, so it was just like that, like finding where there's a will, there's a, you know, top rank in the company. And so that was my first year. But um, number wise, I got um, pretty much anybody who had a heartbeat and said they want to do the business, I got started with. <laughs> and then I learned how to really see the potential of people who have what it really takes um, within themselves, like confidence and just um, determination and motivation to do this business. So I had to restructure quite a bit in my second year. So um, tell us about restructuring. Be specific about that. What happened? Did you have people fall out? Did you have people quit? Did you change your pace of recruiting? Yeah, no, I, I had, so my pace of recruiting the first about three years was pretty high. And then after that, going back to do my doctorate full time, it's um, gone down. But my, um, my first year, so I had to redo about two or three different um, leader legs and or, or tap root down underneath and um, find new qualifying legs. Right. So it was my second year that I really solidified my top, three at the time and then four and five came along um top three leader legs and they're still with me today and we've just taken off and running with it so you're not you're still part-time i'm now i went yeah i'm now part-time mm -hmm. so so i went i was working full-time as a psychotherapist doing my doctorate and doing the business doing doTERRA for the first two years and then i retired myself i replaced my income in two years and then I, the next year, my third year, I just like tripled my business and income and then went back to my doctorate full time. So my third year, I, my, that's what was just where it was. Boom. I just ran with it. And I kind of put my doctorate on the side. I had to keep enrolled and doing a little bit, but now I do my doctorate full time and I'm, I'm going to finish next year. Okay. But you're not, but you're not working in terms of income. doTERRA is your sole income. Yeah. But you're working on your doctorate. Mm-hmm beautiful yeah so um tell us about your business now is it six years later yeah six years, six years to, later. The, to the date mm -hmm. how many people on your team there's about 5500 on my team so it's kind of a smaller number i feel like but for six years but it is still we're i've got really solid um leaders in there yeah well the recent well, you you know i wanted to interview interview you danielle because you know, so often after six years, we're interviewing people that have, you know, 55,000 people on their team. And, you know, a lot of times people just can't relate to that. Like that's so huge. They can't get their head around it. Your numbers are actually right in line with the four-year career. And, and that's, what, that's what we want people to learn to believe in that you know if you'll do this for four or five years your fifth or sixth year you can have an extraordinary income you can have a few thousand people on your team and the beautiful thing about that is that income then is asset income i mean if you when you have 5500 people on your team you have at least 50 to 100 leaders on your team 
that are building their own vision, their own team. They're totally committed and dedicated. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you can still inspire them. You can still support them. But if you vanished, they would just keep building. And so that means, you know, you've got a business worth 200 times your monthly income in terms of the asset income that it produces, which makes, and you know, we don't ask people what their income is, but my guess is in six years, you have created an asset worth millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? And so where else do you do that? Where does this, what is your, what is your profession? A psycho? Psychology. Psychology. Where does a psychologist on a part-time basis in four or five or six years become a multi-multi-multi-millionaire without investing any money? Nowhere. Nowhere. So, and it doesn't matter if you're a psychologist or anything, you know, our opportunity is unparalleled and it's certainly not easy but for the right person. One of the most fascinating things I find about your story that I think is a great lesson for everybody to listen to is how you went from being, you know, being intrigued and being interested, but no, this wasn't for you. You, you know, you're too busy, you're too important, you're too educated, you're too whatever. And in an instant, you went to a hundred miles an hour and all by watching your brother-in-law take a phone call. And so the lesson there for all of us is, look, you may have people in the pipeline. You may have people that you sponsored. They may have the, the oils or whatever your products are under the bed. They may be telling you very convincingly, I don't have time for this. This isn't for me. I'm not going to do this. I'd kind of like to do it, but I probably won't do it. They can go to 100 miles an hour just like that. It's in all of us to be extraordinary and be on fire about something. We just need to hear or see or feel that thing that's going to turn our lights on. And so you got your lights turned on and look what happened. So. Um, can you tell us a couple of specific success stories? So Kirsten approached you, her best friend, and look what happened for you. Who did you approach that you can tell us specifically, who are they? How did you know them? How did you approach them? And here they are four or five or six years later, their team obviously isn't quite as big as yours, but they've got their own extraordinary success stories. Can you tell us about a couple of those people? Yeah, absolutely. So one that just comes off the top of my head because I was already talking about how I shared just at work. And I remember thinking and saying to even um, our upline, up Melina Harrison, saying, I should just quit my job. I could do more because I wanted to just keep doing doTERRA. And she says, no, 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 your job is where you have a network. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And she was right. So the lady in the office next door to me, she was also a psychotherapist, um, licensed clinical social worker like me. And she saw the same kiddos, like, she, you know, she had a caseload of kiddos that she saw. And I had 
told her about the oils and we got a diffuser going and I said, you know, I'd love to have you as a business partner because I knew she has a very good skill of if she wants something, she gets it done and she doesn't stop. And she's very good at that. She worked for Children's Hospital. And what happened was she was like, no, 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 just like me, you know, I don't want to do it. You know, I've got a career, you know, I'm not going to start doing that, but I'll introduce you to a whole bunch of people. And she did. And even some of the other therapists that she introduced to, we ended up doing um, presentations at the children's hospital. And even some of her people want to do the business with me. And I'm like, well, so-and-so is doing it. You should do it. And she's like, no, 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 I'm just going to support you guys. And so she continued to support us and she hosted um, little classes. And, and at one point, you know, I think it was about three or four months in, maybe six, she goes, oh, I can do this. <laughs> and she started doing the business with me and retired herself from Children's Hospital after wow. 20 years of working there on her doTERRA income. And about, I want to say it was two years in, she also retired herself and is on her way to um, our diamond ranks in our company. So. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Good story. You got another one? Um, I have another fun one that she's just get, just getting started, but I actually, she just came to my head. So I'm going to um, share this one. Um, she's one of my really good friends I've known for a couple of years and I've told her a little bit about what I do in the business, but you know, she was set on becoming a CPA. I'm like, Ooh, fun. <laughs> and, um, one day, well, so this other lady I was talking about that's a psychotherapist, you know, she, I knew she needed another business partner. And I said, I'm going to do a post and I'm just going to, you know, do a post about it. And I don't do it very often and just see what happens from it. So I did a post on Facebook and I just said, you know, shared my story. And I said, if you have any questions, this is a good book. And I actually linked the Amazon to your book, The Four Year Career. And I said, if you have any questions, reach out to me. Let me know I'm looking for, you know, a business partner. And she didn't even, I don't even think she commented on my post. And she calls me, my friend, hey, I want to talk to you on Saturday night. Are you free? I'm like, sure. So she comes over and she says, so I read that book that I ordered and read that book and I want to do your business. I'm like, wow. Oh. <laughs> she ordered the book on her own initiative. Yeah. Didn't even tell me, had ordered it, read it and was ready to do the business. And so I had, I didn't even know until she came over Saturday night. And so, so I got her started up and, and she's now running the business um, with this other business partner of mine. Beautiful. All right, let's shift gears. Um, tell us what's the biggest mistake you've made in six years, either a huge blunder or a bad habit. Okay. Biggest mistake. You know, I think for me, I get, I get really excited about shiny new toys. <laughs> I total eighties girl grew up playing video games. And so I think that I'm trying to think my interest in building websites and funnels and, and, um, the, the newest webinar series. And I just, I got, I spent a lot of time like building these things that didn't build my business. Right. What builds your business is personal connections. And I, I just thought for sure it's going to be the, the latest and the greatest and ooh, a new program you can download and play with, you know? <laughs> so I got real distracted by shiny new toys. And so that was in my fourth year when I was going back more full time to my doctorate. But on, instead of spending my time building, I was like, well, I'm going to build this, which will bring people in. And you know, it, it didn't yeah. <laughs> not like it did my first three years. Yeah. That's my biggest mistake. Just wasting yeah, that good. time. Okay. What's the smartest thing you've done in the last six years? 
Um, smartest thing. Strategically. Okay. So the smartest thing for me, I think was in the early stages, branding my niche, my niche of um, like essential oils in the brain as a psychoaromatherapy. I've really branded that. I studied even in my doctorate when they say, you know, do a paper on this. I would research some um, oils that you could use for that. I've created um, handouts and lots of things that I've published for people to purchase as references to use for essential oils in the brain. So just branding myself and not just being like, okay, there's an oil for everything, having a target market and branding myself as a psychoroma therapist. And now what happens is when a therapist wants to get started, they, they, they come to my information, my, you know, my material comes up and they, of course, I'm like, I branded my niche that I'm the one that knows how to use psychoroma therapy. And if you want to be, you know, if you're a therapist in this industry, you're going to want to talk to Danielle. So I think branding that niche instead of just like essential oils can help everything and everyone, um, narrowing that down. Yeah. Cause that's really given me a big team of, um, psychotherapists, nurses and other, um, other yeah. you know, that's smart. professionals. Really smart. So tell us about social media. You, you obviously do a fair amount of it. Um, if listeners wanted some of your social media tips and lessons and wisdom and experience, what would be your five minute mini course on social media and network marketing? From what I, what I experienced with shiny new toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay. So what I learned, no, um, so, okay. So social media wise, if I was going to give anybody, you know, I do, I think groups are really the most effective. I have a Facebook page and I do uh, go live in there every single week. I've branded something called brain talk Tuesdays and it brings in a ton of people. In fact, my page just, it blows up for two to three days after doing that live video. So I think if you have a page having consistency, like I have something I branded in within myself, Brain Talk Tuesdays. And I just, everybody knows I do it on Tuesday, you know, 10 a.m. And people come to my page to watch that and then they share it. It gets shared like crazy. So something like that, whether that be in a group or a page. And then the second advice is, you know, in your groups, just being interactive with people and responding. And I, you know, I don't always 100% do that, but when I do, especially when I know um, it's someone that um, really needs the oils that I could help, I make sure I'm, I'm there and I'm responding. So I hope that that really answers yep. the question. And your favorite platforms? I would say Facebook. I do use Instagram, but I feel like I've got a lot of versatility on Facebook and a lot more growth. Okay, beautiful. And What's in the future for you, Danielle? Like you've been at this six years, you're full time. If we peek in at you six years from now, where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? And who are you going to be? Well, I'm going to be Dr. Danielle. Daniel, that'll be a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, so my doctorate I'll have done next year. I decided this last, you know, year to really focusing full time in my doctorate because going between the two, I was kept pushing my degree out. And so I'm doing it full time now. So I will, I'll have that next year and I'll be at the top rank in the company. I'm on track for that. 
And honestly, I get a lot of people, therapists that, you know, mostly that I'll talk to and they'll be like, so when you get your doctorate, are you going to quit doing doTERRA? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, never. And I'm not going back to work nine to five Monday through Friday and getting paid hourly in a way or salary. So, so my goal, I feel like with my expertise, with the brain and with whole, like my whole branding is holistic psych. That's my, I'm Danielle Daniel holistic psych. Um, I want to do um, bigger things in the mental health world because I have freedom of my time, freedom of my fi finances, and I have the knowledge, I can really reach out and create a larger movement in intervention and prevention because we know that mental health is really low funded. And there, there's so much need there, especially for suicide prevention, like we're seeing a lot of issues with that. Um, with uh, sex trafficking, abuse, and addictions. Those are some of my core areas. I have a foundation that I started called Brave.Foundation. So I'll be working um, really on building um, services for mental health. Yeah. Boy, that's really, uh, I mean, these are timeless interviews we're doing. So people may not realize that in the last week, we lost Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and, um, you know, something like 22 veterans a day to suicide. And so you think about somebody like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and you ask, well, I could maybe understand it with a veteran who has trauma they just can't deal with or people that have lost their homes or lost their families or loved ones or, you know, destitute, no hope. But how do we lose people like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain to suicide? Doesn't make any sense. I'm sure it makes sense to you but huge opportunity to contribute there. That's amazing. So, um, Danielle, the people that listen to these calls, as you know, people like you, like I asked you before the call, have you ever listened to one of these? And what was your answer? Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. So, you know, the people that listen to these, even somebody listening to one of these, the, the demographic that I think about in doing the hero calls are not the people like you who launch their business and, and just crush it from the beginning, but the people who really want to build a business and they struggle. And for me, it's all a mental game. It's, it's not the how-tos. The how-tos are are so simple. Um, you know, most of the people that listen to these have heard me offer people the opportunity. What if your company paid you $500 to talk to one person a day? Now, who would you talk to? And now what would you say to them? And now what would you do with your fragile psychology if they said no? And all of a sudden, none of those things matter. And people know exactly who they would talk to and they don't know what they would say, but it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter that people would say no. The whole thing boils down to the mental game, mastering the mental game and, and the attitudes and philosophies and stories that you tell yourself. And if you tell yourself that you're getting paid $500 for everybody to talk to, but you have to talk to one person a day, you're gonna go do it. But if you tell yourself nobody's interested and people aren't gonna listen to you and people don't wanna do this and people don't wanna be bothered, then guess what? You're not gonna do it. So the demographic for these hero calls are the people that are stuck in that rut of a conversation 
that has them paralyzed. And at best, it has them trying. So they haven't quit yet or they wouldn't be listening to a hero call. Whether somebody's listening live to this interview or they're listening five years from now, whether they're listening in San Diego or they're listening in, you know, Nairobi or, you know, Taiwan or Afghanistan, what would you say to these people if you had the opportunity to be the Craig Tillotson three-way call for them, what would you say to them? Well, the first thing I would say is our experiences in life can either make us bitter or better. And we can choose. That's something I've always said to myself because I have from things that I've gone through, instead of thinking of them as a deficit, that they've actually become a betterment for me. They have made me into such a um, better person that I wouldn't be if I didn't have those experiences. So the first thing I would say is your stories of wah, 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 you know, um, start looking at them as like, wow, what have they done for you? So that's what, and that's something I teach in, in, you know, therapy is what have you learned from it? What can you learn from it? What benefit has it given you instead of detriment? So that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is as you get tempted, and this is something I, you know, being, you know, single, I decided instead of the story of, well, Kirsten's more successful because she's married. I said, no, I'm going to be single and successful. That was my mantra. I repeated to myself, single and successful. And there was a few, you know, Christmases. I remember just feeling lonely and I, and really lonely. And I remember it dawned on me one Christmas that said, I said, wait a minute, it's just a day. Loneliness is a state of mind. It's not a situation. And so if your stories that you're telling you, remembering that it's just a state of mind, and if you want to tell it to get the heck out of your head, then you can. Like you have that power to crush it. Like there's no, it, the, the only time that it becomes real is because you buy into it. And so I tell people, if you can think of Christmas as a Wednesday, why do you have to be lonely on that day and not on Tuesday? So it's a state of mind. And if you can tell it to crush it, and I started practicing this with the holidays as being single is um, every time a little feeling of loneliness, oh, it's the holiday. Oh, you poor thing. And I go, shut up. <laughs> and I would just like crush it. And like, nope, it's a, it's a beautiful Christmas day. It's sunny in San Diego. I would just start looking for the positive. So crush it away by telling it to get out and then um, look for what is right and what is good. And so what you're doing in your business, and I'm just going to be a little bit more vulnerable. I mean, I got a message from Richard Brooks. Um, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, assistant, sorry. Last year to do um, the calls. And I had a little story in my head. Oh, my numbers aren't as great. I better wait. You know, I, I did. And finally, and after what ended up happening, I ended up in the hospital having a major surgery and it really shifted my life around because while I was in that hospital and while I was home recovering, I mean, there was a good month and a half. I mean, I, I was in so much pain. I had a hard time moving because I had to be cut open to remove a, a tumor, a cancerous tumor in me. Hmm. And I had this amazing income that continued. In fact, the month I was in the hospital, 
My income was even higher than the month before and I did nothing except for sit in the hospital. So that's what the beauty of network marketing. And it, I realized like, why am I putting things off because of story? And so I actually emailed your assistant. I'm ready. I mean, my numbers are where they are and I feel like they are relatable for people because I've had my own journey of negative psychology that I've um, battled and had to like get skills to overcome and that's really what this business is about. So whether you're listening in Australia or Nairobi, it's really about cutting out that story, stop feeding it attention, stop pushing play on it, and tell a new one and recognize the beauty that you do have. Beautiful. That's the, uh, that's the art in the book I wrote, Mach 2, The Art of Vision and Self-Motivation, is how to do that. Yeah. Um, because, and I wrote that book 22 years ago, because what I discovered is that's, that's what makes the difference. And you gotta change the story. And what differentiates us from every other animal in the kingdom, and the reason human beings rule the kingdom, is we are the only animal with the gift of creative thought. We're the only animal that gets to choose what we think. And because of that, we have throughout history changed our lives, changed our destiny, changed the world. As you were talking about um, the obstacle uh, being the asset reminded me of a great book that many of you have probably heard about, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, so for those of you that have not read that book, I highly recommend it. So Danielle, um, you're, you, I won't surprise you since you've listened to every hero call. If I uh, spin the dial on you and say, to wrap this up, do you have a question for me? You probably thought of one already. I did, actually. I, it took me a minute, and then it just popped in my head, and I said, all right, that's the question I'm going to ask you. What so I, my question to you would be, to the you now, like 40 years in this industry, if you could go back and tell the you when you just were getting started, if you could tell that person some type of advice, what would you tell him? What would you tell a Richard Brooke who was struggling to believe in himself, struggling to, or, you know, whatever your, you know, journey was, what would you tell that person as you now in the future? Well, not that he would listen, but... <laughs> It would be a futile conversation. Uh, three things come to mind. Uh, one is I would encourage me to, the, the biggest mistake that I made early on, early on I, and I, I was very fortunate to join a network marketing company in the beginning that was all about personal development. Uh, and many are not. Many companies are either about their products or they're about income. And the culture that I joined was all about personal development. And so I did a lot of personal development in the first two and a half years in terms of reading books and listening to tapes. Um, but I, I did the personal development the same way I had done everything else in my life, which was casually and um, you know, with a, a pretty high lazy factor, um, kind of the attitude that, you know, I'm smart enough, I can get by with just 
skimming the surface. And so one thing that I would do different because I starved to death for two and a half years, which, you know, people don't, people don't pay, they don't understand what it costs them to either mess around for a year or procrastinate for a year or even, you know, people that say, well, you know, I'm not quite ready. I'll do it a month from now. So this is a sidebar, but something that I would encourage people to think about. So if this is the timeline of your business, and let's say it's a 50-year timeline, and in the very beginning, like in my very beginning, I messed around for two and a half years. For two and a half years, I casually approached personal development. And so I was not confident enough to influence people, not confident enough to even influence myself, to talk to enough people. And the people that I did talk to, I was not influential enough because my state of being was not attractive. It was desperate. It was angry. It was resentful. It was abrasive. And that's if I talked to people. And I usually didn't talk to people. I would look at them, whether they were on a list or whatever, and I would talk to myself about, well, you know, they'll never do it and they're stupid. And, you know, that was, that was my approach to um, the psychology of recruiting, if you will. And so it cost me two and a half years. To, for, I had to actually go from having credit, having credit cards, having a car, having a home, I had to go from that level of comfort to losing my home, losing my car, driving a borrowed car, sleeping on my sister's couch, and having no income and no credit and no credit cards. I had to hit that bottom before I woke up and decided, you know what, maybe I ought to do what I'm telling everybody else to do and actually write these goals down and write these affirmations down and produce a vision board and study it instead of just casually reading stuff. And so, you know, I had a day two and a half years in, kind of like your three-way call day, where I had done just enough personal development that led me to shift the way I approached a prospect which is a whole other story. It's an hour long story in itself. It's called the Jerry Schaub story. Kimmy makes fun of me every time I mention him because she says, oh gee, we don't have time for the Jerry Schaub story. <laughs> but in this day, I just made some different decisions and I ended up sponsoring somebody like you that just crushed it. And when you do that, everything changes. The whole, your whole world changes when you get somebody on your team that's a super ace. And so what I would tell me is, don't waste a month, don't waste a year, don't waste two and a half years, because if, if it matters to you what it costs you, here's what it costs you. People don't realize this timeline impact, but this is one of my profound secrets in this profession. If you wait a, a month, when somebody tells me, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm too busy. I'm not going to get started this month. I'll get started next month. I say, you know, no problem. I get it. Totally respect that because it's your life and, you know, you have to make all those decisions. And, oh, by the way, 
if waiting a month were to cost you $20,000, would you want to know about that before you waited a month? And they usually say yes. And I say, well, here's the deal. I don't know what your timeline in our business is going to be. But if you believe you would be successful and you would build a pretty big team, then what I could project is in your 50-year timeline, you're going to have one month somewhere that's going to be your largest month. And let's just say that that month is 20000 in income. I mean, it could be 200000 right? But the thing is, by waiting a month, you permanently push your largest month's income one month perpetually out of your grasp. And you can never get it back. So people think by waiting a month doesn't cost them anything because they're not earning any money. It actually costs them the largest income month they'll ever have in their career. What did it cost me to wait two and a half years? Millions, right? So I would tell me that, don't screw around. Uh, two, I spent millions, <laughs> oh gosh, tens of millions, tens of millions of dollars in my network marketing career on stuff I thought would impress people. You know, at one time I owned 11 rental homes and I had no idea whether I was making money or not on my rental homes. I just wanted to be able to tell people that I owned lots of rental homes. I'll, I, some, someday what would be fun is to do some sort of a, um, I, I could even do a whole website of all the cars and boats that I've bought in the last 40 years. And now 42 years later, my favorite car, in fact, it's my car and it's my only car. I do have a truck. I have two cars 42 years later. I have a 2000 silver Mercedes AMG E55 with 151,000 miles on it. And I paid $6,000 for it. And it's perfect. It's tight, it's quiet, it's super fast. And I love it. And I also have a 2000, I don't know, 2000 must be my favorite number. So these are 17 year, 18 year old vehicles. Uh, GMC Denali pickup with 221,000 miles on it. That's also perfect. And so these are lessons we learn, right? So how much cash would I have in the bank if I'd have just bought the 2000, uh, the 17 or 18 year old Mercedes you know, when I was first building my organization. So I would tell the young stupid me, um, buy used classic stuff that's in perfect condition and maintain it and save yourself millions. And the third thing I would tell me is don't use people. And of course I tell people that all the time today and my philosophies and my attitudes and my strategies are different. Um, the first, the, the first 10 years, they were quite different than they've been the last 30 years. But in the first 10 years, I used people. I used a lot of people. 
And that's just the way I saw people is they were a stepping stone or a tool for me to get what I wanted. And so the loss there for me is not just my personal integrity, but the relationships with those people that I might still have today had I not just used and abused them. I didn't anticipate those questions. I've never answered that question before and I've never given those three answers in that sequence before. Does that help? Yeah, I think that's really helpful because I think a lot of people, you know, that think that, okay, I want to start this business, but I'm nowhere where Danielle is or where so-and-so is. But if you look at where like I was or where you were when you started, they're like, okay, well, I was there and I can take that advice. So I think it's really good. Yeah. Well, Danielle, you're an extraordinary inspiration. I love how you've taken your career and laser focused it into your power niche in network marketing. That's a great one-two punch. And uh, you picked the right product line for it. And you picked, you, you picked whether you knew it or not, um, the right uh, sponsor and partner in the curse bonds for it. And you have the right DNA, you're destined, your DNA by marriage is you're destined to be a super successful network marketer. The Pirate's Cove has to be the most famous um, network marketing piece of real estate in the world. I've never been there. We'll take you there next year. I, I go every year for my team. <laughs> I, yeah, I would love to uh, check it out. Sounds like fun. A great honor to in, uh, interview you. I'm glad you changed your story and said, you know what? My team is big enough. My story will serve people. Let's do the interview. And uh, I trust the Kirschbaums will be honored to have you as part of the Hero Series. And thank you for listening to all of them and sharing them with people. Thank you. I look forward to tracking your career and seeing how you... Um, become a huge contribution by your story and your service. Uh, thank you so much for everything you do. It's really an honor to be connected with you, honestly. Thank you, Danielle. All right, gang, thanks for joining us for Hero Call number 93. Danielle Daniel, what a great name and a great brand. <laughs> Over and out. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. 
it is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue. 